Podcast Answer Man, episode number 314. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. This is Dan Andrews from the Lifestyle Business Podcast. You're listening to the hardest working man on iTunes. It's Cliff Ravenscraft, and he is the Podcast Answer Man. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Podcast Answer Man. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft, and this, my friends, is the podcast about podcasting, helping you take your show to the next level. It doesn't matter if you're a brand new podcaster, if you have been podcasting for many years, or you haven't quite yet recorded that first episode. Uh, We can help you take care of that. Anyway, there's something we can all do to take our show and everything we do in life to the next level. Well, my friends, I am actually recording this intro on Thursday, June 20th. I had just released episode number 313, I think. Yep. And uh, here I am releasing or actually recording an intro for episode number 314. And this week... I am going to be playing for you an interview. Now, actually, the interview that I am playing for you was not intended or recorded as an interview for Podcast Answer Man. Instead, it was where I was actually being interviewed by someone else for their podcast. And in fact, that person has been on Podcast Answer Man before. I have interviewed him on Podcast Answer Man before. And I think that... Outside of some of my big influencers, business advisors, and mentors, you know, people like Michael Stelzner, Michael Hyatt, and Dan Miller, and a couple other people like that, I would say that this individual is probably the most frequently mentioned person I've ever talked about on Podcast Answer Man. I know it's not Jesus or God either, but uh, <laughs> but it is. That would be quite an interview to play for you, wouldn't it? Whew, I don't know if I'd want you to hear that one. But uh, anyway... I am talking about none other than Wooden Boat Dan. That's right, Wooden Boat Dan, otherwise known as Dan Matson from HookedOnWoodenBoats.com. Now, Dan has been podcasting now for quite some time. He's built up quite a reputation for himself over the years. I'm pulling up his website right now over at HookedOnWoodenBoats.com. And uh, just, I'm always impressed by what he has accomplished. He is now on episode 92 of his podcast as I'm recording, and it looks like it actually just got published today, episode number 92. And the interview that you're about ready to hear is his 100th episode. That's right, he's already recorded this episode, number 100. He's eight shows in the can, uh, and that is how hard this guy has been working on creating valuable content. And these aren't just, this isn't just any episode that he's putting online. He's taking some really uh, great measures into producing valuable content, not just for his audience, but also for the people that he interviews. He goes out, personally meets with these people, takes the most amazing pictures. We get into all of that in the interview. In fact, um, Normally, when I I do interviews, when other people interview me on their show, I I pretty much just stick to whatever questions they ask. I give them answers, whatever they're looking for. Uh, But I I just couldn't help um, 
asking Dan a bunch of questions during <laughs> during his interview with me. And at the end of the call, or right around 20 minutes or so into our recording, uh, he pretty much wraps up his interview with me, which will be his 100th episode out a little later this year. And I continued the recording and said, hey, Dan, and you'll hear this. I didn't even edit it out. I said, hey, Dan, do you mind if I continue the recording and actually use this whole thing as an episode, as an episode of Podcast Answer Man? But I am going out of town. And by the time that you're hearing this, I am actually on the Disney Dream cruise liner with members of the gspn.tv community as well as my wife and my family so uh, that is why i needed something for you guys i i know i normally would just take a week off but um you know i just did that for san diego and uh, i think i did that once um uh, earlier in the year and so i I didn't want to actually leave you guys with a couple weeks of of no content so here you go this is something for you now here's the situation I want to say something before I play this interview. I haven't gotten any negative feedback at all, but uh, one of the things that I am extremely sensitive to is the number of calls to action that I always put into my shows. Now, there's no question, my friends, that I actually promote a lot of my stuff. I promote my podcasting A to Z course uh, when they're coming up. I I spend some time promoting my A to, my uh, Bluehost affiliate commissions, usually saving most of that stuff for the end of the show. Um, and, and I promote some other things, but I, I try to always make sure that I'm giving you consistent value in each and every single episode. One thing that I realized after I finished recording today is that I spent probably about 10 minutes at t- in episode number 313 of uh, Podcast Answer Man talking about podcast the um, podcasting A to Z course coming up on July 22nd. And I realized that, man, 10 minutes is a lot of time to be talking about that. And one of the things that I was so excited about was that I spent, you know, hours collecting some various different uh, testimonials and, and uh, you know, I spent a good deal of time, you know, grabbing those as nice looking screen captures, making sure they have like profile picture images. And I took those into uh, Photoshop, cleaned up any kind of little stray little lines here and there. I brought them into I didn't tell you all this, but this is what I'm telling you now. I brought them into Keynote uh, and put them on a white background so I could put add the little uh, picture frame uh, curly things that kind of make it look like it's uh, a part of a photo album. And then after I did that, I did a screen grab of that uh, cropped to the you know four corners where it would actually look uh, you know where it would fit the size of the uh, width of my page. And then, of course, because it's a PNG file, I opened it back up in um, Adobe Photoshop, saved it back out as a JPEG image. I could have shrunk them down and compressed them a little bit uh, uh, smaller so that the page would load faster. But uh, honestly, I I wanted the best quality there so you could read it real crisp and clear, especially if you guys have those retina devices that want to give you fuzzy looking images. Um, I, I figure I'll take the hit on the SEO uh, to give you great looking images. And I know that there's probably people out there and you're, you might even be a web developer yourself and you're thinking, wow, Cliff, I could have created you a little template to go around there and uh, we could have we could have created something and it would have been much better if you would have just used text instead of images because I've done a little bit of this kind of stuff in the past and I've heard that feedback before. And I get all of that. But um, when I got to thinking about it, it's like, man, is 10 minutes way too much to be promoting podcasting A to Z, and it probably pushed the limit. 
But here's what I do hope. You know, yes, I guys, I make a living from what I do. All right, it, this is how I make a living, and and uh, for me, my podcasting A to Z course is the biggest source of my income. And filling out 20, 20 seats or twenty spots uh, in this course is really important for me financially in this business financially. Not that that you need to worry about that, but it it is something that I not necessarily worry about. But it's something that I have to be diligent about marketing. Um, and again, I understand 10 minutes is a little bit too much. But here's one thing that I hope that you would understand is that, yes, 300, and, and again, please understand, I'm not responding to negative criticism. In fact, I don't think there's been enough time for anybody to actually listen to the episode, think about the fact that I spent 10 minutes talking about podcasting A to Z, and uh, and then provide provide me any kind of criticism. That just There hasn't been enough time for that. But it's something that I'm thinking of. You know, I've been to lunch and I'm back from lunch and, and I'm thinking, you know, hmm, let me think about that. But here's what I, you know, a part of that was definitely me looking to promote podcasting A to Z. I'm hoping some of you who are hearing my voice are going to go to podcastingatoz.com and you're going to register for my class. I, I'm, I'm hoping, I'm praying, whatever the case may be, I, I do want that. I, at, at, I'm still at seven subscribers. Now, of course, this is a week after um, after you heard episode 313, and, and this is gonna, I'm recording this one week from when this actually goes out live to the feed. So by, that, by this time, by the time this goes out, I'm hoping that I have 13 people signed up, and there's only seven seats left. But right now there are seven people signed up and I have 13 spots left. And and so yeah, part of those 10 minutes it was very intentional. I you know, hey, I want you to you, I want you guys to know that I have this course and here's some new things. And and here's what I will hope that some of you can do. Those of you who have no intention of taking my podcasting A to Z course. Some of you who have absolutely no desire for any of that. I hope that you would be able to listen to those 10 minutes and kind of think creatively about how you can take what I'm communicating or the things that I'm saying that I'm doing and and find some sort of inspiration in it. So for example, some of the things that I talked about is that, hey, I spent a lot of time adding some testimonials to my product page. So even if you have zero desire to take my A to Z course, one of the things that I would recommend that you do is go to podcastingatoz.com and look at my sales page. Now, I am not one of those famous internet marketers that knows the psychology of everybody out there and and has all those key snazzy phrases and 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 you know perfect copywriting skills and all that stuff. I I, I don't have any of that. I'm I'm influenced by some of those people and things I've heard over the years. But what you get at podcastingatoz.com is Cliff Ravenscraft. You know, it, 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 you read through it, it's very much my voice. It really is. Uh, you probably would be able to uh, read through and kind of imagine my voice talking to you through a podcast episode. It's very much written in my tone, and it's not overly salesy and marketing uh, kind of uh, copy. However, what I would hope that you would do is you would look at it and kind of see, wow, Cliff Ravenscraft has done... And there's Cliff talking about himself in the third person, but also I'm I'm suggesting that you're talking about me, thinking you're. So this is your voice saying, "Hey, this guy has done uh, how many of these classes? Twelve of these classes now, something like that." And he charged. He used to charge nine ninety nine, and now he charges nineteen ninety nine. And every single time he's done this class, he's pretty much filled the spots, you know, and. 
and you know that's a lot of people in fact there's been times that you know he said i've had 32 people in one four-week session sign up one time the most i ever i think i had was either 36 or 39 i'd have to go and look uh, but I, I shoot for 20. <laughs> That's what I shoot for. Uh, 30, 39 was whoo-wee. Uh, but um, anyway, so y- you think about that. That that sales page is converting. Now, I want to also say this. My sales page for Podcasting A to Z is not what sells Podcasting A to Z. There are a couple other things that sell Podcasting A to Z, but I do encourage you to look at the page. Look at the page. Look at the video at the top. By the way, the video at the top has... Uh, it's approximately uh, two to $3,000 to create a video, just like what you see at the top of that page. You know, the the big fancy one with the professional voiceover and the, all that fancy graphics and stuff like that. And here's one thing that I know. A lot of people would never pay two to $3,000 for a video like that. And I will tell you that I was glad to pay that price. In fact, um, the video was originally, or the actual animation part of it, was originally quoted half the price of what I paid. And I actually uh, convinced the person to allow me to pay twice the amount. And he didn't have any problem with that. And the reason why is because I thought his price, he was not charging enough. And, and uh, I could afford it. And so I said, hey, I'd like you to charge me this amount and I'll pay you this amount. But I want you to do it, you know, I want, I want you to get paid well because I'm expecting excellence here. And I got excellence. And, and that video is very, very nice. But so, so think about that, you know, okay, so, so some people would say, I, I'm, there's no way. I'd never pay two to $3,000 for a sales video at the top of a page. Well, this course has at one point generated more than $35,000 in income during one four-week session. So think about return on investment. Now, how many times have I done this class? Well, I've done it almost every other month and sometimes every two to three months since March 2011. And here we are now in June, or coming up on July 22nd, 2013. So I've done this a lot. That's really, honestly, that video is one or two students who sign up for the class. And so it's, 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 that's not all that expensive. And so sometimes you have to be willing to invest. That's one thing that I can think of that you could, you could look at this and think, wow, that that's okay. The other things you can see is, you know, I've taken some audio only testimonials and turned them into YouTube videos. That's something you could decide whether or not you like or don't like and what you might consider putting in there. Uh, the way that I communicate what's included in the video and of course, then I spent some time talking about, hey, you know, there's some, I, I added some new testimonials at the bottom. And I think those testimonials are pretty darn cool. And I have had people tell me, they said, Cliff, listen, you know, all the testimony, because I've had people say, Cliff, you know, I'd give you a testimonial and, and I will. But I want to just tell you what sold me is as soon as I saw that some of the top podcasters in iTunes were your students, that I, I knew to sign up right then and there. And so that's why I did spend some of those 10 minutes in the last episode talking about that little image at the bottom of my page that, that talks about, you know, what is it, 13, uh, 13 people, actually myself and 12 of my clients or students are in the top, we're in the top 50 of all business podcasts. Um, and so I heard that from one of my students and I've heard that kind of echoed around some other people when they say, you know, what really convinced me to, to, to be serious about, you know, buying equipment from you or this or that were these people who are the top people in iTunes. 
Um, and so I added that to my sales page. And, and so, yeah, I got a little excited about it last week. And I hope that even if you're not excited about podcasting A to Z, that you'd be excited about a sales page, um, especially for those of you who are you know, selling things or might consider selling things as products and services down the road. You know, a lot of people ask me, how do I monetize a podcast? Well, you monetize a podcast. In my mind, what I've done, not directly through the podcast, although that can be done. In fact, by the way, a uh, little announcement I haven't made anywhere else publicly yet. I have shared this in my private mastermind groups and stuff, but um, I did pick up a brand new sponsor for two shows, uh, and I will be talking about those very soon. In fact, I might tell you about it in the next episode. Uh, so if you're interested in that, check it out. Uh, but anyway, um, but yeah, you can do advertising. You can get sponsorships. But man, if you have any area of expertise where you do something better than anyone else or you do something in a unique way, you you actually are willing to outwork someone else and, and you can provide value to people through through your expertise, through your products, through your services, man, you can really do a lot to monetize your show through those things. And well, guess what? You might need a sales page. And before I I just go ahead and start shutting down this line of thought, uh, I I just want to share one other thing and then I'll, I'll apologize for how long I went on with that and then I'll apologize for how long I went on with this and then we'll get into that interview uh, with Dan Matson. But here's what I wanted to say is is I, I said, yes, I think that you should go check out the sales page. But understand this, the two or three, two to $3,000 video at the top, all of those testimonials at the bottom and all the explanation of all the things that are in the course, the sales page alone doesn't sell podcasting A to Z. What sells podcasting A to Z is a combination of so many things. The reason why podcasting A to Z is to the place where it sells out pretty much every single time is that, well, there is a track record at this point. And before there was a track record, why did the first 20 people ever sign up and fill out that class? Well, it was because I was consistent with creating can't live without content, extremely insightful, inspirational, inf- educational material, episode after episode after episode, week after week after week, and we're talking hundreds and hundreds of episodes, pouring myself and my passion for what I'm doing, demonstrating just how much this stuff means to me, and those people said, wow, if I'm going to do this, I'm, this is the guy I want to learn from. And, and so there's a lot of that. Then there's, you know, the people who have gone through the course and it's, it's a consistent case of me under promising and way over delivering. When somebody comes through my podcasting A to Z course, uh, they're blown away by it. They're like, wow, I, I've been on some online classes before and nothing has ever happened like this. This is insane. And I don't know how you do it. And so you 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 overserve, and 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 a lot of people, you know, there's that's that's the crazy thing. I'm surrounded by a lot of wannabe entrepreneurs, and and I don't throw that that word around lightly. But some people who are kicking the tires of entrepreneurialism, and and these are the people who say, you know, I really do want to build something on my side, and I really do want to eventually leave this day job, but I am not going to sacrifice insert name of something here. You know, I, I, I can only give this X number of hours of, of my week. You know, I can't, I really can't give it more than 10 or 15 hours. 
And I'm thinking, okay, yeah, well, uh, and and so you can't when when you're trying to build a little program on the side and doing something on the weekend. I mean, I'm talking about man. If you take somebody's money, you better be ready to stay up and and serve them like crazy. You know, those are certificates of appreciation that people are giving you. And so it's so it's you know it's consistently providing content, being there. People know who you are. Uh, you know, serving people, doing it for the right reasons. People people often sign up because they know that I have the right motives. Yeah, there are times when I get a little bit of a focus on the money and, and stuff like that, but I usually come back to center space and, it's, you know, and, and I get a little balanced and, and kick back into gear and, and get, you know, get my mind, my motives and my priorities right and straightened out. That happens to me from time to time, but but people put, people understand that. So it's it, it's all of these things mixed together. Why people buy from me, and and you know and why do I why do I sit here and ask why why am I bringing all this up? Because you know what I ask myself this question a lot. Why do people buy from me? Oftentimes I ask people when they are hiring me. You know, at the end of a consulting call, it's all done. It's like, do you mind if I ask you a question? Why did you hire me? What, what was it that convinced you that spending an hour with me on the telephone was worth three hundred dollars? What can you can you explain that to me? And and so and, and of course I do that with people where the the conversation and 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 the feeling that I got from working with them is that that they would be comfortable comfortable having that conversation with me. And it's been fun to get through those. And I just wanted to let you guys know that it's not just about a sales page. There's no simple formula. Um, that I can give you here that says here's step one, step two, step three, step two. I mean, there are websites out there that promise you great sales copy, but there's more to, more to this stuff than sales copy. It's about being consistent. It's about being reliable. It's about being somebody that's dependable, somebody that you can count on, somebody that you feel confident is devoted to what their expertise is. And there's And there's actually a lot more than that. A lot more than that, but I hope I hope that my ten minute conversation for some of you wasn't a total bore. That you didn't think that, gosh, Cliff, this is just a ten minute advertisement in your one hour show last week. You know, I hope that that wasn't what really went through your mind. Uh, and if it if it was, I hope that this conversation helps you to understand. You know, even when somebody's making a pitch for a product, what can you learn from it? You know, and 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 if I did it horribly and you hated it. What can you? What mental notes can you make to say to yourself, "I'll never do what Cliff Ravenscraft did." You know, maybe that's how I help you. Uh, so I don't know. And and of course, the other thing I was really excited about in that last episode was that Facebook fan page, or not Facebook fan page, Facebook private group for the alumni. Wow, <laughs> that's going awesome. I'll talk about that again in the future sometime. But anyway, um, so why do I bring all of that up? Well, guess what. Dan Matson is an alumni of the Podcasting A to Z course, and I already knew that I was going to share this episode as one of the episodes while I was out of town, and guess what? We talk about the Podcasting A to Z course, and, and so if you're already a little bit sensitive about how much I talked about Podcasting A to Z last week, which you could be, I don't know, um, then understand that that there's some conversation about Podcasting A to Z. I think it's valuable conversation. I don't think it's just about podcasting A to Z. I don't think it's just an ad, but it, there's there is a bit of conversation about podcasting A to Z in here, and and uh, yeah, I do want to sell you some spots if you're interested. So uh, and there's still I believe time. Uh, this goes out on the 27th, 
So if you're hearing this uh, right around before uh, it, it releases, or right around when it le- releases, um, you still have a little bit of time to use the promo code EARLY500 in the shopping cart. But anyway, let's get right into this uh, this advert. Or this ad- I didn't just say that, did I? <laughs> well, maybe, okay, so here's a 30-minute ad for podcasting, no, it's not. It is an interview, and I hope that you enjoy it. And uh, and if you're before you hang up and stop the but hit the pause button or pl- stop or whatever the case you're gonna do, let me ask you this: Come back next week. Next week, I'm going to be sharing with you. I, what I'll do is I promise you this: In episode 315, I will I still be on, out on vacation. I'm getting ready to record it as soon as I'm done here. If I stop rambling. Uh, here's what I will cover for you next week. I'm going to tell you about my two new uh, sponsorships uh, my, or my sponsorship for two new podcasts or two, and you'll understand next week, two podcasts that are getting sponsor, uh, sponsored by the same company and I'll tell you a little bit about that, how I, how I worked out that arrangement and also in the next episode, I will give you interview etiquette. That's right. Things that you should think of when you actually go out of your way to ask someone else out there for an interview. These are the things that you probably want to get straight. You probably want to have this kind of etiquette so that you can actually show respect to the person that you're interviewing. Anyway, that's going to come up next week. Here's the interview uh, that uh, I did with Dan Matson, where he interviewed me on his show, and then I continued on to bring it here for you now. <laughs> Okay, I have on the phone with me today Cliff Ravenscraft from Hebron, Kentucky. Is that right, Cliff? Is that where you're from? Yes, sir. Northern Kentucky, just outside of Cincinnati. Okay, well, welcome to the podcast today. Uh, it's great having you on the show, Cliff. Well, I'm glad to be here, Dan. I'll tell you, I'm so excited. I talk about you nonstop. Are you aware of that? No. Are you serious? I'm surprised you don't get just the constant flow of emails of people asking you questions and say, I heard about you from Cliff. Yeah, absolutely. I talk about you every single time my podcasting A to Z class comes around, you know, 20 to 35 students each time. And uh, people are talking about their brands and what they should do and this and that. And I'm always like, here's what you do. You need to go over and look at hookedonwoodenboats.com. And this guy is the example to follow. (laughs) <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome so for those listening today cliff ravenscraft is also known as a podcast answer man and uh just to give everybody a little history um i started listening to podcasts in 2009 my son got me hooked on it and i started listening to dan miller first cliff and um and you were weren't you interviewed by dan miller at some point I was interviewed for him for one of his uh, telephone seminars, I believe, and I I also interviewed him on uh, my show, which maybe uh, was out there as well. Yeah, so I think I heard about you through Dan, and then I started listening to your podcast in 2010 and a bunch of other podcasts, and I loved it so much, I decided, you know what, I got to do this. I got to start a podcast, and I piddled around for the next year and never really got off. I never... I think I re- did a couple little recordings, but then I had no clue what to do with them. <laughs> it was too overwhelming. So I'm like, okay, I got to sign up for this class that Cliff is giving, which was a September uh, 2011 A to Z class. So uh, so did that. And Cliff, 
uh, took me through the process and I got the podcast launched. And uh, Cliff, you did an amazing job. It was phenomenal. Well, thanks, Dan. I, like I said, I, I, you're one of my star students as far as I'm concerned and, and somebody who is podcasting as, a, as close to what I, I feel is the real true joy of podcasting as far as doing it for the value of enhancing your own life and enhancing the lives of others through shared passions. And uh, I, I don't know if, if we'll get into your story of how you came up with Hooked on Wooden Boats, but I, I tell you, I've told the story many <laughs> times, Dan, and I love the story. <laughs> Well, I was going to, I figured you kind of remembered that, but do you want to tell your version of it? I'll tell you my version. You tell me how much I've, I've embellished it over the years. Okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. So, so here's the deal. Dan and I were having this conversation in our online discussion forums about what topic he was going to do his podcast about. And he finally came about, came out one day and he's, and he's writing in the forums and, and in the forum you put Cliff, I've narrowed it down. I'm absolutely positive it's one of these two topics. It's either going to be small business coaching or it's going to be personal, you know, related to personal financing or personal finance coaching. And here is the list of reasons why these are the two that I'm most qualified to do a podcast about. And I read through it. And Dan, if I were looking to hire you, that would have been the greatest resume in the world. (laughs) And I looked at it as like, there's no question, Dan, you don't have to convince me any further. You undoubtedly are knowledgeable about both of these subjects. But here's the thing. I read your description of why these are the two podcast topics for you. Word for word. I did not miss a single period or exclamation mark. In fact, there was no exclamation marks. There were just periods. One thing I don't see in anything that you wrote is any sort of passion for the topic. You don't write that in there as being one of your reasons for one of these topics being the podcast that you would do. And here's the story that I tell. I said that you wrote back and says, gosh, Cliff, um, you know what? I I never really thought about it all that much, but to be honest with you, I don't have much passion for those things. (laughs) I I won't go back and and tell you what I usually say, but but just in case somebody in your day job might listen, but I'll just say this. I said, do the world a favor, Dan, and don't do a podcast about either of those topics. Mm-hmm. Find something that you're passionate about. Is there something that brings true joy to your life? Something you're, that really excites you? Now, you wrote back in the forums, and I happened to be out doing something. I was probably in line at Chipotle, and I pull up my little <laughs> iPhone, and I read, I, read, I read your response, and I'm sitting there, and of course, super small text, right? And and I read it and it's like, gosh, Cliff, you know what? I have I do have two passions and and you know one is mountain uh, mountain biking and the other one is wooden boots. And I'm like, wooden <laughs> boots. And I so I put my phone away and I'm thinking, wooden boots. Does this guy like? Does he have this thing for these the Dutch people and their wooden shoes? I'm thinking seriously. Uh-huh. He's in. It's like okay, I totally believe in narrowing down the niche of the focus of your podcast. But I think I'm going to, st- when I get back to the studio, I'm going to write back and I'm going to, I'm going to push him towards mountain biking because wooden boots might just be a little bit too much. And so I'm actually, I, I get to my desk uh, and I hit reply and I'm, a, I'm sitting here telling you all the reasons why you should go f- with mountain biking. And then I, I look to make sure that I got, I quoted everything and, and stuff like that. And I went, it's like, oh, that says wooden boats. That's, that's different. 
And of course, you know, there, there's already plenty out there on biking and, and stuff like that. And, and that, there's nothing wrong with having a podcast where there's other competition out there in, in the podcasting space. In fact, that can be a great thing. Right. But man, wooden boats. I started doing a Google search and I found there's a wooden boat association. And I found another podcast that had over 100 episodes that was all about boating. And there were a couple episodes related to and devoted to wooden boats. And I'm thinking, I think Dan's onto something. If he has a passion for this, this might be something I should encourage him to do. And that's what I did. And so here you are, all, you know, what is it, episode 100 now? And, mm-hmm. and, and you've got hooked on wooden boats. And, uh, your wooden boat, Dan, today, and, and that's so. That's the story I tell. Now, how far off am I? No, you're really close. I would say the the only detail you might have missed is that uh, I probably said road biking and mountain biking, but you yes. said mountain biking. But other than that, that's very very accurate, Cliff. In fact, today I went back to the forum and read through the dialogue uh, just to clarify in my own mind oh, what Dan wow. said. I forgot all about that. I, sh- I could have done that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so that was pretty cool. It's like, it put me back at that. It's like, cause I, you know, when I sent you that and I think then you, you responded and said, well, Dan, I don't see any passion in this. You know, what are you really passionate about? And I'm thinking, well, you know, there's two things other than my, my faith in God is my first passion, but as far as hobbies go, you know, wooden boats, and bicycling, those are it. I love those things. I could talk all day about them. I could research them and do all this stuff. But I'm thinking, well, I can't do a podcast about that. <laughs> you know how your mind kind of plays tricks with you like that. Absolutely. Now, now let me ask you this. Yeah. Do you think that if you would have done small business coaching or personal finance, knowing how much hard work you've put into this, you know how much work it takes to put out an episode and all the right. show notes and stuff. Do yeah. you think you would actually have reached 100 episodes of either of those other two topics? Oh man, it would have it would have been really hard cliff if I had it, it would have been just painful. <laughs> 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 because, you know, like you say it's work what you do, but it's so much fun that it doesn't feel like work. And I know if I had done the personal finance accounting type of stuff that it would have really felt like work every week and drudgery. And so, in fact, I might have told you that I had started a blog on personal finance and called Dr. Dollar. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, I published maybe 150 posts over about a one-year period. I I started out doing them every day. And then I kind of slowed down a little bit, did about 150. And then it's like, okay, I'm done with this. That's it. <laughs> I just, I was just racking my brain for what I'm going to talk about and wasn't getting much traction as far as, you know, people reading the blog. And I just wasn't having fun with it. But, uh, you know, I can honestly say with this wooden boat thing, Cliff, you know, when I first started this, it's like I did. Uh, the first two shows, I just talked about my own wooden boat experiences. Then the third show, I did an interview, and then I thought, I'm done. What am I going to do now? <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing else to say, right? <laughs> Except that there's 100 episodes out there now. So, yeah. so how, how did you get over that hurdle? How did you, how did you get to episode four? What, what, did, what, what turned on the light on uh, future content? 
Well, you know, I've been in the wooden boat world for long enough to know of quite a few names around the Seattle, Seattle area. And, you know, the Center for Wooden Boats here in Seattle and in Port Townsend, the Northwest Maritime Center and the Wooden Boat Foundation. And I had visited a couple of wooden boat builders in the area. So I just thought, you know what, I'm going to start calling these guys. And so as I started calling them, what I found out is they were very happy. They 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 love to talk about what they love, right? I yeah. mean, that's what people want to do. If they're passionate about something and you call and say, hey, would you talk about this? They're like, are you serious? <laughs> so, and so as I've gotten into it, Cliff, every person I meet, then I find out 10 more names. Mm. And now the world has gotten so big, this wooden boat world to me, that it's like I... I kind of had to slow down as far as recording interviews because I was getting so far ahead. It's like, I don't want to get too far ahead. You know, I've got three or four in the bag because I like to do them a little bit ahead of time because most of the shows are interviews. But uh, it's like now, uh, especially now that I'm set up for phone interviews, which I just started doing that about a month ago, so I can talk to people around the world. So it's like the world, the universe is huge now compared to what it was. Hey, do you mind me asking? Uh, so you're you're doing phone interviews. I know you called this a phone interview. We're doing Skype to Skype. How are you recording yeah. those? Are you using uh, either Pamela or Call Recorder? No, I'm just recording them uh, through my little uh, Behringer recorder. What is? I got the cheap one where you have to unplug the power cord. <laughs> uh, and so I'm going from that right into my Roland R05 and using an SM58 mic. Okay, so you're doing the mix minus deal. I'm doing the mix minus, yeah. Oh, Dan, I'm so proud of you, man. That's awesome. Yeah, that's, doing it that's my great. MacBook Pro. That's great, man. Yeah, well, you know, about, I think it was a, a March of 2012, I emailed you and said, Cliff, I want to get set up to do some phone interviews. So you sent me some diagrams and said, watch this video. And so I did that, and I bought the equipment, and then it just sat in my drawer. I was just intimidated for about a year. <laughs> and finally, about two months ago, it's like, all right, I'm going to pull that out of the drawer and start doing this. So uh, so I did, and and uh, it's it works great, Cliff. What a blast. That's, that's wonderful. And it opens up the world of opportunities. Um, and so you said telephone interviews. Have you actually had somebody where they're on the telephone and you Skype to dial out to the telephone? Yeah, yeah. I dial from Skype, and I just do it to their. I ask them to use a landline if they can. Yeah, uh, I don't even deal with them using Skype because you know it's just it's more technical. Unless somebody's used to using it all the time, it can be intimidating. And the recording quality has been excellent. So I got to interview the director of research at Wooden Boat Magazine. She's been there for twenty years, which was really awesome because that's. You know, Wooden Boat Magazine started in 1974, and that was kind of the resurgence of the whole wooden boat thing starting in the 70s, because boats had kind of were being started to build, uh, started building them in fiberglass. And uh, so I got to interview her, and then she referred me to another guy who's been building boats back on the East Coast from Brooklyn, Maine. And and uh, and I'm trying. What I really want to do, Cliff, is is uh, I've got this idea from listening to your show where you've got Eric Fisher as a correspondent. I thought, you know what would be cool is if I could get four or five people around the world in different locations that are connected to the wooden boat community there, and I could bring them on the show maybe twice a year and spend 15, 20 minutes with them talking about what's happening in their neck of the woods. 
Absolutely. Yeah, so I'm really excited about that. Um, yeah, and in fact, the other thing I'm going to do here in July, first week of July, is the there's a big wooden boat uh, festival. It's actually, yeah, wooden boat show that's put on by Wooden Boat Magazine at Mystic Seaport in Connecticut, which is a huge, the biggest show on the East Coast, I'm pretty sure. It's been going for 20-some years is I'm going to find somebody from uh, Wooden Boat Magazine, hopefully, that attends that show. And then we're going to talk about it when they get back from the show and do that as a recording for the podcast. That's excellent. Yes. You know, you you happen to have the best show notes, the most intriguing show notes of any podcast that I, like when I go to the website and look, and it has everything to do with the photos there. Do you personally go and interview these people face-to-face whenever you have the opportunity? And are you taking these photos? I probably, probably 80% of the photos are mine. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And I'm actually hoping to produce a wooden boat calendar this year for the first time. So I'm kind of collecting my best photos and uh, I'm going to do some kind of a print on demand thing and offer a calendar at the end of the year for 2014. That is an amazing, that is one of the coolest, most creative ideas I thought uh, that I've heard of that that is that's awesome. Yeah, uh, so I'm I, I, I I want I want to buy one. Are you serious? I de- definitely put me down for the first order. I whatever it doesn't matter what the price is, I'll buy one. I'm not. They're going to be pretty expensive, Cliff. I, I think you know, like five hundred bucks maybe. I, yeah, no, I'm well, you, you put me down for one, Dan. I want it. Okay, seriously, cool. I, I, I appreciate it. I if it'll it'll be a business expense for me because I'll just show everybody. See, this is what you can do. This these are the kind of products you can create. I love that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's very cool. And then you should get my uh, my first ebook that I'm writing, which is going to be a guide for someone who's building a wooden boat for the first time. Oh, I like that idea. Yeah, it's going to step you through the process of deciding what type of boat you should build, how long it's going to take, what it's going to cost, what kind of a shop you need. Should you buy a kit? Should you build it from scratch? Where do you get the design or the plans? That whole thing. How much time do you want to spend on it? Because uh, there's a lot of decisions to make when you build a boat. And, you know, I've done it enough. I'm building my sixth boat now, uh, which is like one every seven years if you go back to 1972 when I built my first pram. <laughs> but I've stepped up the pace in recent years. And so, you know, I've learned a lot about that. And uh, I think it'll be a helpful guide. So, Dan, I, I know this is you interviewing me and everything, but I hope you don't mind me asking you questions. Cause <laughs> no, I, no, ask I, me some questions. I'm, I'm, I'm super intrigued. I, I've got to ask you, so you're, you're so deep and deeply involved now in the wooden boat community. Um, and, and I just want to know, prior to launching Hooked on Wooden Boats, the podcast and website and blog with all this amazing content on it, where you're going out and interviewing these people, taking these pictures, thinking about creating calendars, which is going to be awesome. Um, prior to starting this podcast, how how involved were you as far as time and effort? Not not passion for it. It sounds to me like you've always had this passion, but how much time were you devoting to wooden boats prior to the launch of this podcast? Um, well... Let's see. From I built a wooden my first real wooden boat over a five year period from ninety two to ninety seven, and so during that time, 
uh, I would go to the Wooden Boat Festival in Seattle once a year, and then I would talk to local suppliers and buy parts and do research about how to build the boat. Uh, so, you know, not a lot, Cliff. I mean, it was mainly limited to going to two boat shows a year and building a couple boats. Okay, so uh, you were still involved. But, I was I was involved, yeah. But mm-hmm. the, but the podcast has certainly enhanced it, I guess. That that's where I was going. I was just wondering wanting to know that with you creating a weekly podcast and doing all these interviews, has you know, how has it enhanced your enjoyment of this hobby? Or or has some See, here's the deal. Some people say, you know, I don't know if I really want to do this because I you know, some things are just meant to be a hobby and and if you start doing things that you might monetize later, you know, it becomes work and then it's not as an enjoyable experience anymore. How has that been for you? No, it's not that at all, Cliff. I mean, I've learned so much and interviewed so many fascinating people. It's just mind boggling. I mean, if somebody starts like somebody that's not in the Woodabone community, like a family or friend, if they start asking me about my podcast, I have a hard, a hard time stopping talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> It's incredible. I mean, it's I'm having so much fun with it, and the the community of people is amazing. I mean, I interviewed a guy last year that had been building boats in his garage on Samish Island, Washington, for the last fifty years, and he, the mold that he had in his garage that he was building the boats on, he had paid fifty cents for. 50 years ago from the USA Plywood Association. Wow. Uh, You know, I meet people that sail tall ships that are made of wood that are 150 feet long around the world. And everything is done in the traditional manner. Uh, All the rigging is traditional. All the terms are what they used 100 years ago. I mean, it's really, I find it so fascinating, Cliff, that it's, it's totally not like work at all. And, and 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 I'm the same way. You know, obviously, people warn me, gosh, Cliff, if you go into podcasting full-time as your career, you may find that that you don't enjoy podcasting as much. And that, that's not the truth. I mean, I, here I am. I, I'm now the podcasting director for the number one industry-leading conference for social media and, and podcasting uh, and blogging. And so it, it certainly has done the same thing for me. It's got me right up there to the top of of interacting with the greatest peers in this industry of podcasting. And it sounds like it's doing the same for you. So, uh, oh, that, it really that's is. A, that's not, that's exciting. And and what's really fun is when I go like to Port Townsend, which is Seattle and Port Townsend are kind of the two wooden boat centers in this in Washington State. Or actually, for the West Coast, they're pretty big. I go to Port Townsend now, and I know a ton of people. And I am welcomed into the community there. Everybody wants to show me what they're doing. They say, hey, here's a guy you should interview over here. Why don't you talk to this guy? So it's, it's kind of like going home when I go over there. It's pretty fun. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, I'm having probably more fun than when I started, Cliff. That's great to hear. That is great to hear. Yeah. And, and, and part of that, too, is like I'm sure you experience over the years as you as you get the technical part of it down so you're not you don't have to fuss with that as much and you can just focus on the content and doing what you enjoy that's what really makes it cool yeah so absolutely yeah so hey I really appreciate you being on the show today Cliff episode 100 I uh 
I want to thank you again for your A to Z class. If it hadn't been for that, I probably wouldn't be doing this. Uh, it was very awesome, and I just wanted to give you credit for helping me get this little baby launched in September of 2011. Well, I just want to congratulate you, Dan, and and I'm not just blowing smoke or anything like that. I really do. I talk about you nonstop all the time, and and I couldn't be more thrilled for you, and, and I look forward to continuing to follow your journey because I know that the best days are yet to come, and I know this from personal experience. Cool. Well, thanks, Cliff. And uh, I'm hoping we get to meet in person someday. I don't know if you ever get to Seattle. There, it's funny. There's not much podcast like PodCamp and that stuff. Seems like it's not happening up in this area. But anyway, uh, thanks again, Cliff, for being on the show. And we'll talk again soon. Thanks, Dan. Okay. Take care. That was awesome, Cliff. That is awesome. I'll tell you what. I'm still recording on my end. I have one big, huge question for you. Yeah, I've got. I'm going to be gone for two weeks uh, for vacation, and I've been yeah. thinking, what on earth am I going to do for podcast answer man content? Would yeah. you mind if I take my recording of this and put it out as an episode of Podcast Answer Man? That would be awesome if you wanted to do that, Cliff. Heck yeah, it would be huge. And uh, <clears throat> I have one other question for you that I would love to ask and have it recorded for yeah. for those who are taking right now my podcasting A to Z online training course. They're in the fourth week of the course. And then yeah. those who might be taking my podcasting A to Z course in the future, given your experience and all that you went through, going through that four weeks of the course and stuff, tell me, what advice would you want to give to other students to encourage them that they can do this? Well, I think... It's it's very well laid out from start to beginning. If you follow the guidelines on a timely basis that Cliff's, Cliff gives and you have any questions you ask them, you can do it. It takes some determination, but the technical part is, you know, uh, it's hard, but Cliff walks you through it. So you can do it. If, if you can, you know, turn on a computer, you can record a podcast because the course is that good. It was awesome to be able to ask questions because I would sit awake at night and think, okay, I've only got two more weeks in this class. I need to ask some more questions kind of thing. Uh, but no, it was, uh, I, I think the cool part of it, Cliff, is I think it was probably, maybe it was in the first week or the second week of the class. You're like, okay, you guys, you're not, it's not going to be perfect, but you just need to record your first episode and get it out there. I'm thinking, are you serious, Cliff? I'm going to record my first one and put it out there. And so I did it, and it's like, wow, it worked. That was the beginning right there. <laughs> Absolutely. And, th- and that first episode is still online today? It is, yeah. And when, yep. and when you go back, and you, you obviously know how you sound today. When you, yeah. go, when you go back, how, how do you feel about that first episode today? Uh, well, you know, the audio quality is not as good. I'm not as probably uh, sure of myself as I was then, but it's still, it's actually the first one is pretty, uh, there's been a lot of downloads of it. Yeah. I think it's in the top 10. Yeah. And and, yeah. and and it got you to where you are today. You would have never got to where you are today without putting out a first episode. Exactly. Doesn't matter, yeah, but I, doesn't matter how long you would have waited. The first one would have never been perfect. Well, I, I was just shaking in my wooden boots when he said that. <laughs> <laughs> 
like, really? We're going to do this? That well, that's what good. I signed up for, isn't it? <laughs> that's exactly what you signed up for. That's great. That is wonderful. Oh, uh, wow. yeah. So and, uh, I'll, get, uh, I'll tell you what. I told you I had one question. I have one more. Uh, okay. so, so, so I happen to know this for a lot of people. Um, they get in there. They, they take the course. They even so many Most of the folks that go through the course actually do have their first episode online by the end of the four weeks. Uh, and some just, you know, a few weeks after that. And so the question I have is, there are a lot of people who say, oh my gosh, I'm spending like three hours in show preparation. I'm, and then I record the episode. And then in editing, I'm, I'm spending like two and a half hours, sometimes three hours editing this thing. And then I put my show notes online. I mean, I never, I, I didn't sign up for, you know, six to eight hours a week on a weekly basis. This is ridiculous. Did yeah. you have that sort of experience starting out? Was it that was it that intense for you? And ha- how has things changed as you've moved forward? So I would say my first couple episodes, first two or three episodes, probably did take me, I don't know, somewhere between five and eight hours to produce, going through the whole process. Um, part of that was that I was, I was just. Uh, over editing the the recording, you know, every time I'd say um or ah, I would think, oh, I've got to edit that out. And so I would go on and do that. And um, it was just because there's a lot of steps in the process. And until you really get it down, it does take time. I guess what I would say to people in the beginning is, you know, plan on taking, I mean, if you're going to make it good, plan on five to eight hours for the first few episodes. But now, uh, Cliff, if I have a if I have an interview uh, that I've already recorded, I can record an introduction and an introduction, and I can put together my show notes. And uh, I'm just using Audacity still, and I don't even use my mixer for music. I've got my audio clips recorded, and I just put those in Audacity at the front and the end of the show. Put that all together, upload it, write my show notes, and I can do it all now in. Uh, not counting the time to do the interview, but I can put the whole thing together in probably two to three hours a week. Yeah, that sounds about so right. It's it's much more manageable now. Excellent. And that and, and and by the way, folks, if you're hearing that and you're thinking, "Wow, that is a lot of work," uh, Dan is doing a lot of pre-show preparation. He's getting to know about his folks and and uh, he's going and taking pictures. He's he's uh, doing po- his show notes are un. Believable. Check it out. Hookedonwoodenboats.com. Just go to any of the episodes uh, and and just look at the pictures that he's got. So he's formatting those pictures for his website. He's writing up uh, the information there, um, and and so that that sounds about right for for the kind of content that you're doing. Two to three hours a week is is about spot on. And and yeah, absolutely. I think podcast answer man. I'm just over 300 episodes now, and. I think I spend anywhere between one to two and a half hours in pre-show preparation, uh, usually closer to the one hour, and then an hour to record, and anywhere between 20 minutes up to an hour and a half for for show notes and post-show preparation or post-show stuff. So yeah, Yeah, that's about right. Two to three hours on average for high, super, super high quality content. And what's uh, what's kind of cool now, as you know, Cliff, probably 80 to 90% of my shows are interviews of other people. 
And it used to take me a lot of prep to put those together. I would write out a lot of questions and, and so on. But now I've done it enough where I can just do the research about the person and go into the interview and not necessarily even have to write anything down and have a pretty decent interview. That's great. Yeah, everything, per, perfection comes with practice. Exactly. So, and I, I love interviewing people. That's kind of another passion of mine now. That's great. <laughs> So well, Dan, I, I'm so excited, and thank you, by the way, for for allowing me to share uh, this interview for your podcast uh, as an episode of Podcast Answer Man, and for allowing me to share this with my community. I, I appreciate the opportunity to be in front of your community uh, through your podcast. But uh, thank you for taking this extra time to to allow me to use that interview plus this additional valuable content here at the end. Yeah, no worries, Cliff. That's awesome. I'm I'm glad you see it as good material, and I uh, hope people can benefit from it because uh, podcasting is is awesome. I love it. Well, my friends, that is going to wrap it up for this episode of Podcast Answer Man. I hope that you enjoyed the conversation that I had with Dan Matson. I'll tell you, I love talking about him. I love telling his story, and I love watching somebody who's building something and just pursuing the passion and not really trying to force the financial side of things. And the one thing that I love about Dan is that I really believe he's going to be one of those case studies where eventually people are going to be begging for ways to give him money. I really do. I believe that he's providing that value. There are people out in the wooden boat community, these you know, CEOs and of big wooden boat manufacturers, they're going to be knocking on his door one day and saying, hey, you've got this huge, huge presence in this community. And when I say huge, I'm talking, you know, let's just say if it's just 1,000 or 2,000 people. But those are 2,000 loyal, devoted, woodworking people who are building boats purely out of wood. And they have spent hundreds of thousands of dollars over the years buying equipment and supplies to and, and maintenance materials to keep up with these boats. I mean, they're pretty serious enthusiasts. And uh, when you, there are different manufacturers process, uh, pro, making products for those people competing for their attentions, their hearts, their minds, their top of mind awareness, what better way to get the message out? Then to uh, to get in there with somebody who actually is known as Wooden Boat Dan. Anyway, I enjoyed that interview. I love talking with Dan. Great guy. Go check him out if you don't uh, check him out already. Uh, HookedOnWoodenBoats.com. Hey, real quick, there. Like I said, there's still time for you to sign up for podcasting A to Z. As long as you sign up before June, July 1st, by the end of June, if you sign up using early 500 there's still time to save $500 off. All right. So again, go to podcastinga2z.com. Use the promo code early500. I would love to start working with you on July 22nd. And uh, we'll take it from there. Help you get your show online. Walk you through it. Hand held all the way through. Answering all your questions as you go through. And uh, yeah, that's it. I just just say I just want to say this. I appreciate each and every one of you. I hope that you'll tune in next week. I'll be talking about interview etiquette. Interview etiquette. And I'll also talk about my new sponsor for two of my shows. So there you go. 
That's it. I'm going to go record that episode right now so that I can actually get out of here and go on my two-week vacation with my family. God bless you all. Thank you for all that you do. I appreciate each and every one of you, and I hope that you enjoy this show. Helping you to get the beat.